Hello, this is Julie Ann. Welcome to the podcast show Life with Collective Purpose, about you discovering your higher purpose in life and answering the call for a shared collective healing of the world. Be inspired by our guests that reveal how they made the shift from the individual life purpose to a collective purpose to serve all. If you resonate with the guests of this show, you will be inspired to shift to a life with collective purpose and to answer the call to join our container of bright lights that will shine on the new world. I am a book publisher that has helped over 300 authors to unlock their gift and purpose by sharing their knowledge and wisdom in a book. Many of these thought leaders are now recognizing this transition from the I to the we and their call to be of service. If you need some inspiration to look at your life and understand how you too can make this shift, listen in to our show every week. Join our family as we share our stories and make connections that will help you to live a life with a collective purpose. Hello, this is Julie Ann, Life with Collective Purpose. And today we have Jerry Wong, and he will be talking about his soon-to-be-published book. Welcome, Jerry. Well, thanks for having me, Julie. <laughs> it's always nice to see you. Always nice to see you. Nice to see um, you, too. <laughs> Jerry, tell us a little bit about your book, and I'd love to start by talking about the title of the book and um, and how you chose that title. Yes, yeah, so the title of the book is "Walking a Crooked Smile," and uh, it it's a play on the phrase "Walking a Crooked Mile," which I believe we all go through in life. We don't walk directly to where we are now. Uh, from the moment we're born. If you look back on your life, you'll see that you've, at every major event, there's been a twist or a turn, or you've fallen down, or you've gotten lost along the way. And so every one of us has to go through this. But if we connect to the divine source, the spirit, with our hearts, it enables us to walk our journey with stronger strides. Wow, and with a smile on our face. Yes, and actually the cover image was uh, from an automatic drawing uh, that when I was in meditation, my deceased sister Judy came through, her spirit came through and used, guided my hands and placed my head gently on the page and got me to trace my profile of my face. And then she lifted my head off the page and she drew in the smile and an arrow pointing to the smile. And then she signed her name on the bottom right corner. So I thought about that and I was wondering what could that meaning be? And that's where the, the actual title came from, Walking a Crooked Smile, because I was I considered that she was 
suggesting that I walk with a crooked smile. Oh, that's such a beautiful story, Jerry. And um, it really leaves a legacy um, for your sister by being forever um, on the front cover of your book and inspiring the title. So that is that is a very, a very beautiful story. Mm. So Jerry, tell us a little bit about the book. We've, we've had such an interesting journey, you and I, um, as we've worked through it. Um, I know when we first came um, uh, to start working together, you had already done a lot of writing. And um, what we did is, is look at it from, from uh, several different perspectives. So can you perhaps start by just... Um, telling the audience um, a little bit about the different parts in your book and um, and then perhaps we can um, we can actually uh, touch on each part and uh, talk a bit about that yes well it's in I think five different parts in the beginning I talk about how I began my journey into martial arts and um, and I also discuss the web of energy that surrounds each one of us and how earth is creating a new humanity now. Mm -hmm. um, one that uh, is of a higher consciousness and we're slowly coming to the truth that we are not separate from each other. We are actually all one. We're all waves in the same ocean, snowflakes from the same cloud. And then I get into the energy work that I do and how that's affected my studies and my progress spiritually. And, the, and then I go into some stories regarding my animal communication, which is my favorite section because animals, their natural language is energy and they are not skeptics of energy. They're wide open. And so when they're wide open like that, there's no limit to what can come through in communication. And I've learned a lot from the animals. Wow. Wow. And, they, and the final two parts? So in part four, I discuss my role in providing energy healing sessions for people with health issues. And during energy healing sessions, there's a direct communication with divine source, which fosters inner calm and peace. And while I'm in this state, it's natural to do acts of love as I'm in a state of unconditional love. And I also suggest that we are all capable of becoming energy healers, if that's our path. And I encourage people to, to, to seek that role. And the last part is um, relating some of my experiment, experiences, which point to the possible existence of the expression of life and intelligent forces from beyond this earthly dimension. Mm -hmm. Because we live in a multidimensional universe, uh, we should remind ourselves to keep a noble mind. And it's, it's tough on us because we're, we're we're using our five senses to try and come to some kind of understanding about the mysteries of life. But it's not always the answers that 
are beneficial. Sometimes the questions that arise in our minds are more important and help us along our spiritual journey. Wow, that is, uh, it's, it's very interesting, Jerry. Um, I, I know that as we were working on your book, um, there was so much for you to say. And, um, and I love that we um, divided it in this way so that you had a real focus um, on each part so that people, it would be easier for people to follow these concepts. Um, I, I love that the um, foundation of this um, comes from your life experience uh, with the martial arts. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that journey um, and how you personally discovered um, that the martial arts were uh, much, much bigger than just a, uh, you know, a, a practice, a physical practice. Well, when I was a child, uh, maybe seven or eight years old, I got into a lot of fights, plenty of fights, but they were all surrounding protecting myself or others from racial slurs or racial attacks um, because it was quite a, a racist society at that time, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I, I would watch my father practice his martial arts in the privacy of his bedroom or in the, our small little parlor, our living room. And uh, so I asked him one day, if he would show, teach me some martial arts. And uh, he said, well, no, Jerry, um, martial arts is something to be respected. You don't do it to fight. You only use it for personal growth and to protect yourself or other people. And so I said, but dad, I have a, a good reason to ask you to teach me because most of my fights are surrounding these racial attacks. And also a lot of kids are picking on my friend, Akira, who is a uh, mentally disabled Japanese boy. Mm. So I would stand up for him. So my father agreed to teach me, um, but he made me watch him through the slightly open door of his bedroom. And, um, and he would do it in the dark. So it was really hard for me to see. Wow. But it piqued my attention. And uh, I would listen to his breathing intently, listen to his, his footsteps and the sounds of his punches. And uh, it mesmerized me. Wow. And, um, and I knew that he was quite frustrated being a Canadian-born Chinese man a very gentle, kind man who was being affected by our racist society. Mm. And so he would um, find himself in those moments where he practices Kung Fu. And while he practices Kung Fu, I, I noticed that spark in his eyes mm. that came from his heart. And, um, and, and I knew then that there was something more to martial arts than just powerful techniques. I knew there was something underneath that I should dig into. Mm. And he took me when I was about eight 
to the hall, the athletic hall where he and his four brothers studied Kung Fu in the early days and introduced me to this old Chinese man, a very kindly old man. And uh, the old man asked me a series of questions about myself. And my father really respected this man. So I, I looked on, on him as some kind of wizard, wizardly old mm. man. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to every word he told me. And he, he took me in by my hand and led me to this closet and opened the door. And there was in the closet um, armor and weapons. Wow. And uh, he put me inside the closet. And the aroma and the sight of all that armor and weapons just entered my body. And something clicked inside me. Uh, I, I knew then that there was something important about this. And he told me in Chinese that this was my inheritance. This was who I am and never forget that. And now, of course, I was too young at the time to even understand uh, what he was getting at. But what he said echoes in my mind to this day. It's, it's been with me all my life. Wow. Um, it's been the impetus behind all my spiritual questioning. Wow. And I, I think that's, uh, I love what you just said, Jerry, um, the impetus behind your spiritual questioning, because that really is what uh, a spiritual journey is all about, um, is, is the questioning, I think. And, um, and that's why I love that your book really covers so many areas of your spiritual journey. Um, I, I got a much a better understanding myself of uh, what um, energy healing is and um, uh, energy work. And, um, and of course, when you talk about um, animals um, that communicate because their natural language is energy, I, I feel like I, I really did learn a lot when I was working with you um, on this topic of, of energy. I think we're all aware of uh, what energy is and, and, and how it affects us, but I feel like you really um, help the reader to understand on a much deeper level um, what it means. Um, can you perhaps uh, share with the reader um, a few um, nuggets about um, healing energy? and how it works and how you talk about it in your book. Well, we are all surrounded by a web of energy. We're all connected by this web of energy and this energy runs through our bodies. And, and so it animates our bodies. And when this energy flow through our bodies is balanced and smooth, we're in our optimum health. And when we have blockages in our energy field caused by stress or a sedentary lifestyle or mm. poor eating habits, um, we become diseased and disabled. So my role 
in energy healing is to balance out the energy and to help the flow of energy in the body. It's like when a river uh, flows smoothly, it's healthy, but sometimes uh, branches and logs will congregate at, at one junction and, and impede the flow of the river. And that's like a blockage of our energy. When our energy river is impeded, then it causes problems. So when we clear out those branches and logs, the river flows smoothly once more and we become healthy again. I love the way that you explain that, Jerry. Um, I think there's so much misunderstanding in the world about energy. And um, of course, this show, the name of this show is Life with Collective Purpose. And uh, so I love what you explain when you say that, you know, we are all one. We are a collective. Uh, we are all one energy. And um, I, I feel what the way that you just explained it um, about the river flowing and that if we have blockages, which, you know, so many people see those blockages as, you know, as you say, dis-ease but they do misunderstand it and think that it's some, um, you know, it's something that they've caught from somebody else or it's, um, you know, it, it's something that's been diagnosed by a doctor. Um, you know, it's a, it's a kidney problem or it's a heart problem or um, so I love that you're pointing out that any ailment uh, that happens in our physical body is to do with energy and it's in fact energy that's responsible and the blockages and the balancing of energy that's responsible for our our healthy bodies yes that's true it's uh it's incredible so tell me a little bit more um about the um the natural um energy that is um that connects us all how does that how does that work? The, or how do we become a, a, aware of this energy that makes us one? Well, first of all, I advocate a deep breathing mm. to be aware of your breath. Just to sit there in silence and be aware, be very mindful of your inhale and your exhale, and to also be aware that your breathing does not come in two phases. It comes in four phases. First is an inhale, then a, then a magic pause, then an exhale, and another magic pause. It's like waves coming up onto the shore of a beach. The waves don't come in and instantly go out again. The waves come in, soak into the sand, flow out and then there's a moment of dryness on the beach before the next wave comes in and so i advocate just being mindful of of your breathing and that alone will will help to uh bring attention to your energy mm. and i also advocate if possible meditation mm -hmm. 
if you're not into meditation, just to sit alone and breathe and feel your body as you breathe. Mm. That that's 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 good enough. I, I love that you said that because so so many people really complicate meditation um, or they feel like they have to learn a certain practice. So I think pointing out to people that just breathing and being mindful of our breathing is a, is a meditation in itself. Um, I, I really enjoyed reading the stories in your book, Jerry, about your, about animal um, communication. Um, I think anybody who has a pet um, is aware of the way that we can communicate uh, with our pets. Um, but I really like the way that you explain that um, energy is the natural uh, language of any animal. It does not matter whether it's a pet or a cow or a bird. Um, how can we? How can we get better at communicating uh, with our animals, with our pets? Um, is there is there any tips that you can give people to? Um, to have a better communication with their animals? Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, I'd like to uh, reiterate about my, the breathing part, being aware mindfully of your breathing. You have to prepare yourself to be a, a good conduit for the energy so your pet has a chance to speak with you. Mm. And um, second, sink into your heart that's where i advocate mindfully sitting there listening to your breathing and if you pay attention to your heart chakra which is right at the center of your chest between your nipples if you focus on that area while you breathe it'll it'll help drop you into your heart and once you're in your heart space you connect, it's easier to connect with the divine spirit. And the divine spirit is a, is a conduit of all the energy that is always around us. And uh, once you're settled and you've been breathing like that for a little while, to be mindful that you have a third eye that spot on your forehead between your eyebrows if you um, once you've practiced breathing to your belly and breathing to your heart space and atten paying attention to your heart space then you can use your third eye to speak through you look you look through your third eye at your pet with your eyes closed so you would look from the inside of your head through that spot between your eyebrows to your pet, which forms like a telephone line to your pet. And, and then call your pet's name. And usually when I'm at a communication session, if the pet's name is Rex, for instance, I would not just call to Rex. I would call Rex 
and then his owner's surname to avoid uh, a party line with another animal because how many Rexes are there around the world? Right. You, you leave yourself open to connecting with the wrong Rex. So go through your third eye and connect by telephone line to your pet. Speak, call your pet's name and surname and ask if you could connect. And then don't go for broke. Take it one step at a time. Take an easy step and answer and ask a simple yes or no question. Like for instance, are you hungry? Are you happy? And, and sit back and listen. But don't try and put words into their mouth mm. or don't, don't fight it and, and force an image. But just be aware. And if you hear a yes or a no, be satisfied with that for the time being and keep practicing. And in time, you'll learn how to, how to uh, communicate. That's, uh, that's amazing. I feel like I want to go and talk to my cats right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they love it. <laughs> I do talk to them all the time, but uh, uh, it sounds like that is a much better way of, uh, of opening a form of communication. So um, I'm, I'm definitely going to try that, Jerry. I think that's wonderful. Just before we uh, finish uh, today, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the last part of your book, which talks about um, life from beyond and, um, and how it gives us access to um, a, a multiple, multiple dimensions. I think this is a topic that fascinates so many people. Can you talk a little bit about that and, uh, and, and how we can access the multiple dimensions? Yes, well, throughout most of my life, I've been quite sensitive to the spirit world. Um, <clears throat> and um, I quite often have what you call waking dreams. Those are when you're in the dream state, but you have like one foot in the dream and one foot in your, in your waking state. So you're aware that you're in a waking dream. And usually when I'm in a waking dream, I'm also aware that there's some type of spiritual message. Um, I've had geometric entities come visit me at night. And I've had dreams where deceased relatives have come to see me and give me messages. And I think... Um, we're, we're trying to navigate this mysterious realm with just our five senses. Mm. So um, what I said about, what I suggested about the breathing and going into your heart space and meditation, uh, which would be helpful in speaking with your pets, I think the same holds true with getting in touch with the other realm. If you practice mindful breathing and you open your mind and your heart up to, up to messages from your loving relatives, um, I think that would help. Mm. And not, wow. not, not, to, not to force it. Right. 
Wow. I, we're all born with an innate psychic awareness, but for most people, this awareness remains repressed. But I do believe that by opening to the, uh, the invisible world of spirit, it'll help you along your spiritual path to grow. Jerry, it's been fascinating talking to you, not just in this interview, but every time that we've met to talk about your book, I've always left the conversation contemplating life in a different way. It's been such a beautiful journey with you, and um, I know the readers are going to be really fascinated by uh, reading your book and finding out more about these different areas, um, and particularly, um, you know, some of the stories that you share in the book from your own life um, and some of the animal stories. Um, it is a fascinating read, Jerry, and uh, I feel like you've been a real service to the world by publishing this book. Tell us a little bit more about where we can reach you, how we can get hold of you, and, uh, and, and when is your launch date? Well, my launch date is coming up June the 28th on Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I'm excited about that. I'm like a little kid waiting for Christmas morning. <laughs> That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. So how do we get hold of you, Jerry? What's the best way to get hold of you? Well, I don't have a website set up yet, um, but I do have a presence on Facebook. It's just Jerry Wong. Jerry Wong. Yes. I imagine there's quite a few Jerry Wongs. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're Jerry, Jerry Wong in, uh, uh, are you registered under Vancouver? Is it under um, Vancouver or? I'm not sure. Mm. Okay. But my, but my Facebook address is Sensei, S-E-N-S-E-I-J, 46 at shaw.ca oh at gmail.com at gmail.com okay yes, say, say that once more jerry please okay sensei j46 at gmail.com beautiful and um and for the viewers that would like to know more about jerry and more about his book uh, you can go to influencepublishing.com Jerry Dash Wong, and he has a uh, a place on the Influence Publishing website um, all about his um, his book, um, all about Jerry, and uh, we also share there a little interview uh, that he did um, with Influence Publishing, sharing a little bit more about the journey of publishing his book. So you can find out more about Jerry that way. Uh, Jerry Wong on Facebook, or you can go to influencepublishing.com, Jerry-Wong. Um, and if you don't, can't get there directly, you can just go to the tab that says authors, and then you can uh, search Jerry Wong that way as well. So, Jerry, I'm, I am very excited also about the launch next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be wonderful um, uh, sharing this this work with the world and leaving your legacy 
and uh, and I'll be uh, I've already got the book on order. I hope it arrives by next Tuesday so that we can uh, I can share it with the world on on uh, on Zoom on the launch date as well. So, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank and, you for having me. Oh, it was wonderful. Wonderful, Jerry. I could have talked for hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to step into your higher collective purpose in life, head over to www.influencepublishing.com and claim your free two-hour webinar on unlocking your story and discover a family of support and love to help you embrace the collective call to purpose. Please go to iTunes to like, subscribe, and review so we can spread this message. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Please share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life. Until the next time, live a life with collective purpose.